Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel R. Harris. I'm hanging out in Thornton, Colorado. It is a beautiful fall day. It's kind of cool. There's some clouds. It's really nice. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. I am so glad to have you here. I am Rachel. I'm the owner of A Good Feeling Dog Training and creator of some awesome dog training courses, React Redefined, Trustworthy Recalls, and Adventure Dog Academy. We call beautiful Colorado home, and if you follow us on Instagram, you already know that we take full advantage of living in a beautiful place. We have been taking full advantage of kind of the in-between hiking season (laughs) between wildflowers and um, fall colors. It's been really, really beautiful. So everyone, in today's episode, I want to talk about how to overcome being intimidated by your own dog. Um, This is something that over my almost 11-year career, it's something that I always have noticed and experienced. And, you know, as a lot of these podcast episodes they kind of are like a culmination of things that have been ruminating in my brain for a really, really long time. Um, I think that this is something that I certainly have not been immune to, right? Like I've also been intimidated by um, some of the dogs that (laughs) have lived with us over the years, but it keeps coming back to that intimidation factor. And really the crux of all of this is that it's it interferes. It interferes with our ability to successfully live and thrive with dogs. So I wanted to talk just a little bit more about if you were feeling intimidated by your own dog, maybe how we could overcome that. So obviously over 11 years, I have worked with a lot of people, a lot of dogs of different breeds, ages, sizes, mixes of breeds, but something that's a very common theme is that I notice more of my clients are intimidated by their dogs when they are larger, right? Large breed dogs, which I mean, I think makes plenty of sense. Like, of course, a larger dog is probably going to be more intimidating in some ways. But I find that a lot of the bully breeds, a lot of the Mastiffs, Rottweilers, German Shepherds, those large perceived to be powerful and or vicious dogs, they just carry more stigma than if you have a Shih Tzu. Like, let's be honest, it just does. It just carries more societal weight. And I think that, especially in the U.S., I think that there's a lot of... um, attention and social media shares of highlights and headlines of dogs who fall under some of the breeds that I mentioned as, you know, perpetrating really atrocious acts of aggression. And I think that that has to stick with us in our subconscious in some certain ways, right? That like, yes, did we intentionally choose this breed and do we love them? Yes. But are we also subconsciously intimidated by them? 
And this is something that I have a lot of personal experience with. When I was a very novice dog guardian, I had no training experience at all. I'd only had one dog prior to that. And I went to the shelter and I picked this mangy little pit bull and I was like, I got this, I can do this. But it was also one of those things that like, I think part of it was ignorance. And I think that sometimes it's not a bad thing <laughs> to go into the shelter a little ignorant and pick the like mangy pit bull puppy. Um, but I think that it was something that I started to second guess myself, right? Like obviously I was really happy that I had adopted him and I was really grateful to be in a position to, you know, rescue this dog. It, it felt good. It stroked my ego, I'll be honest. But I think that as time started to go on, especially as he started to mature and turn into an adult, there were definitely moments of I was like, do I know what the fuck am I doing here? Like, are pipples inherently dangerous? And have I made a very big mistake here? And I think that a lot of my clients find themselves in that same position. A lot of my clients don't I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize them as dog savvy per se, right? They don't know a lot of breeds of dogs. They're not well-versed in dog behavior per se, but they're really well-meaning people who want to give this dog in front of them a really, really good life. And I think that it's really easy to be intimidated by your dog when you don't have this really deep understanding of behavior and your individual dog and trust and communication. I think unfortunately that opens guardians up to some fallout, so to speak, right? Where you can start to become a victim to your own harmful thinking about your dog, right? Like, you know, you get this German Shepherd, you think you know the breed well, you think you're ready for this. And then all of a sudden you're attached to this dog who is barking and lunging at things. And you start to convince yourself, like, it's the dog's fault. They're terrible. Um, they're, they're trying to control me. They're trying to push me around. And that can become a really harmful mindset to get stuck in. And then unfortunately, that opens a lot of people up to fall victim to really abusive training methods because of the existing harmful mindset. And that is something that I have had to guide a lot of clients in over the years and helping them reframe how they view their own dog, their own breed of dog. I think that even well-meaning breed enthusiasts still hang on to some harmful mindset loops about dogs. I think that German Shepherds just keep coming to mind because they're big and they're loud and, you know, they have quite the reputation for being police dogs and whatnot. But I've worked with many German Shepherd guardians over the years who I had to work really hard to convince them that their dog, in fact, was not trying to control them or dominate them. And I think that these large breed dogs, unfortunately, they're big, right? So by nature, we're more cautious because it's a bigger animal. And I think it just makes it so much easier to get stuck in those harmful mindset loops about, you know, 
well, they need to listen to me. They have to do what I say. They're too big for this. And I want to offer some mindset shifts that I think can be really helpful if you feel like you're kind of struggling with being intimidated by your own dog. I do want to point out that there is a lot of val- like there's a very valid reason to be intimidated by your dog when you own a large breed dog who can behave in reactive or aggressive ways, right? Like it is absolutely your obligation to yourself, your family, your community to keep everyone safe, right? And I am someone who has lived with, cared for, been guardian to many dogs who I would label dangerous. Um, And it is a big obligation. And I want to just speak to all you beautiful people out there who maybe have a dog who falls under the, the dangerous dog label. And just let you know that like, Feeling intimidated by your dog is valid, okay? Like, I'm not trying to say that you you can just, like, turn off those feelings, but I want to help you shift that intimidation to more appreciation and trust and acceptance of who your individual dog is. So I think that there's a lot of proactive ways that we all can be more thoughtful, more mindful about the stories we tell ourselves about our dogs. So I think it is important that there are some black and white steps you take to bringing a dog into your life to try and prevent some of this intimidation from building. And I think that really starts with responsibly acquiring a dog. And that can have a lot of different appearances, right? Responsibly acquiring a dog could be um, adopting a puppy from a rescue organization that is ethical and they make sure that all of the dog's best interests are served and they support you even after your dog is adopted. Um, You could responsibly acquire a dog by seeking out a breeder. Um, There's not one way to do it. There's a lot of ways, in my humble opinion, that you can responsibly acquire dogs. If you are in the market for getting a puppy, um, I did an episode entitled Responsible Puppy Purchasing. Do me a favor and listen to that because I think that that's going to give you a lot of good insight. But I think that preventing some of this intimidation starts with when you get the dog, right? I think it's really important to do your research. I think a lot of people are attracted to certain breeds because of their look without actually acknowledging who that dog is and the instincts that are likely to come pre-programmed. I've had the great fortune of working with a lot of large breed mastiff type dogs in my career, a lot, and they're so wonderful. But I find that those owners are not prepared for the level of protective behavior that these mastiffs are likely to display. And it can be really overwhelming when you don't understand that that is just the dog's instinct to do it. Um, When you have this large ass dog with a big old head, like barking at people coming into your house and lunging at them and nipping at them, that can be like really intimidating. I don't blame you, but I think if you can go into acquiring your dog and understanding it's likely that some of those behaviors will come up and adjust accordingly, then you don't have to feel like you can't trust your dog. You don't have to feel like 
You can't predict what's going to happen. And you can rearrange accordingly. In addition to that, if you do go the route of bringing a puppy into your life, early socialization is proven time and time again to prevent a whole host of unwanted behavior challenges. So I know that some of you are like, yeah, cool, Rachel. Well, I already have this dog, so I missed out on that opportunity. Well, you're going to have another dog in the future at some point. So it's important to remember that early socialization is something that we can greatly influence to prevent our dogs from being fearful, overly stressed, overly anxious, and then in turn seeing all of these other challenging behaviors that we don't really want to deal with that leads us to being intimidated by our dogs. I think it's also really important that you approach your interactions with your dogs as learning. You're learning how your dog is going to respond under certain circumstances. You're going to learn what your dog does like, what they don't like, and that's what healthy relationships are made of. Right? That's what healthy relationships are made of. Learning about the person you're in a relationship with, or in this case, the dog that you're in a relationship with, and getting to know them more. Because I find that my clients who know their dog really well, they're open to learning from their dog and using their behavior as information, they're less susceptible to this intimidation, right? Because they know their dog better. They just do. They understand them better. I think that bonding is another really important piece of this puzzle in moving through, overcoming some of the imitation intimidation by your own dog. I think that a lot of my clients love their dogs. Undoubtedly, they love them. But I think some of them struggle to bond with a dog in a way that the dog is able to engage in normal dog things and the human can also find joy and pleasure in that. And I don't think that it's malicious. I think it's just, you know, societally, we're just kind of like, okay, bring a dog into your life, train him to do what you want him to do. And then they just will. And I think that that kind of misses the bonding that happens when you kind of open yourself up to living with another species and understanding what is specific to them as a species and allowing them plenty of outlets to engage in that and letting them engage in things that bring them joy from a canine level, but also being present and being in the moment with them there. Um, I think that Learning to communicate with your dog is a huge antidote to being intimidated by your dog. Because if you feel like you can communicate with your dog, I think that that's going to go a long way in decreasing the likelihood of you feeling intimidated by your own dog. And also body language, right? Like learning to effectively read your dog's body language. I think that I I kind of live in this bubble where most of the accounts I follow on Instagram are other dog professionals and they share really awesome body language breakdowns and reels and stuff just like I do. So when I see all of that, it makes me feel like this is basic knowledge, like people know this. And then, you know, I'll get that call and I'll go into someone's house and they are like trying to convince me this or that about their dog and I see the dog and the body language and I'm like oh, you really don't understand body language. You don't. So I think that 
The art of learning to read, interpret, understand your dog's body language is ever evolving. It doesn't just stop. So if you have a large breed dog who you feel intimidated by, my suggestion would be to get the feedback from a professional about their body language and you can learn from them. That's something that we do all of the time in Reactive Redefined, right? Basically, every time I'm reviewing a video from one of the participants, I'm talking about body language, what I'm seeing, right? Asking my clients to give me more context. What does this all mean? Because I think that the more you can read and decipher your dog's body language, then you have that insight into what's happening for them, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And I think it makes it so much easier to feel confident in your ability to keep everyone safe, right? So I think that there's a lot of proactive steps we can take to move through being intimidated by our own dogs. But I do also want to say that beyond those practical steps, the story that you tell yourself in your mind about your dog is going to greatly influence how you feel about your dog. And I'm not suggesting that we aren't real about dogs who can behave aggressively, who could be dangerous. You need to know those things and adjust accordingly, right? But I do think that there are some simple shifts you can make in the story you are telling yourself about your dog that can really help you move through some of the intimidation. So I want to give you an example. So after Sonny matured, he'd probably been with us for like about a year. He started terrified of the world and then he started to get more confidence. And like many dog guardians, I was taking him to the dog park a lot. And up until that point, he'd been really successful. We really had no issues, right? And I remember the first time it happened, we were at the dog park and he got into a scuffle with another dog. And they did not physically harm each other, but that's the first time I'd ever seen behavior like that from him. And... I was so scared for so long after that to let him interact with other dogs because I was like, oh my God, he's aggressive. He's going to do this to every dog. What people say about Pipples is right. Like I was so overwhelmed. Like I said, everyone, I was not a trainer at this point. Sonny's the reason I'm a trainer. <laughs> so what I did is I sought support right? I contacted a trainer. I was like, tell me, how do I work through this? How do I understand him? And something that she did really beautifully is she helped me understand that while he could be outwardly aggressive to dogs, it wasn't because he was trying to be a jerk. It was likely because he was fearing, feeling cornered, overwhelmed, and he didn't feel like he had another out. And that professional opinion was absolutely invaluable for my relationship with Sunny. Because I think that if I would have fallen in the hands of another trainer who would have told me, like, he is he could be dangerous. You need to control this dog right away. I think that I was so green at that point, I probably would have trusted them just because I felt so desperate for answers. I'm sure a lot of you listening are like, yeah, Rachel, unfortunately, we didn't work with a great trainer right away. You're not alone. It's okay. And I think Unfortunately, that's a big fuel to the other side of dog training is that people are intimidated by their dogs. People are fearful of what their dogs are capable of. So 
it's plenty of motivation to implement these really harmful training techniques. And I am eternally grateful. Shout out to Anna Malara of Training with Grace. She is who helped me with Sunny. Um, I'm just eternally grateful that I was in a position to afford professional support so that I could understand him better. And that's something that Sunny gifted me with was the ability to read body language, understand the situation, and let Sunny interact with dogs that I knew he could be successful with and avoid interactions with dogs that he couldn't be successful with. And that's truly a gift because I think if we don't have those skills, then we just completely close the dog's world, right? Like he got in one scuffle, never again. He's never allowed to interact with other dogs. And that really would have compromised Sonny's quality of life. He actually was really good with a lot of dogs in his life. Him and Tiva were BFFs, those two play. There was never a fight between the two of them. So I think it's really important that if you are feeling the weight, you are feeling the pressure of owning a specific size or breed of dog, seek support, seek support, take deep breaths. And above all else, change the story you're telling yourself, right? Because that is a simple shift that costs absolutely nothing that you can do right away. And I think a phrase that you'll hear a lot of dog trainers say is that your dog is having a hard time, not trying to give you a hard time. And I think that it's so simple, but it is so fucking true. Your dog is having a hard time, not trying to give you a hard time. If that is the only mindset shift you make, I assure you, you will feel some alleviation from the intimidation by your own dog. So everyone, Today's episode is super short and sweet, but like I said, being intimidated by your own dog and overcoming that is definitely something that I've observed a lot over my 11-year career, something that I've experienced personally. Um, If you have experienced being intimidated by your own dog, do me a favor. Will you share this episode with someone else who could benefit from this? If you are a longtime listener and you have not left a review over on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, I would be super grateful. I love producing this podcast for free. I love connecting with all of you, but ultimately your girl's still running a business. So the more people who reach this podcast, the easier it is for me to grow my business and connect and support dog guardians who need us. Everyone, I love this podcast. Have a beautiful weekend, smooch those puppies for me, and I am already looking forward to the next episode. Reactive dog guardians. If your dog lunges, barks, generally loses it. The dogs, people, squirrels, skateboards, we have a free mini course just for you. Head over to agoodfeelingdogtraining.com, click free resource to get started on your reactive dog training journey today. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.